I recently had the pleasure of speaking with J.P. DeBoyer. For those of you who aren't familiar with J.P., he took the door-to-door industry by storm when he became a top 10 rookie at the Shield Co. while shattering the existing record to become the outlier organization's highest performing rookie to date. JP's one of the most authentic people I've met, which is one of the reasons he's made a name for himself not only as an exceptional salesman, but also for embodying the traits of an ethical salesman at all times. We had a great time, and I really think you guys will enjoy the insights you get into the mind of a top-tier performer through our conversation. Hope you guys enjoy. Hey, thanks so much for, for stopping by, JP. Really excited to have you on the podcast here. Yeah, man, I've been waiting a long time for this. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You uh, just came back from Florida, right? Yeah, I was there for a few days with my parents, so got a little sunburnt, but... Good to be back in Michigan. Weather's getting good here. So hey, you'll uh, you'll be ready for the summer, right? Yeah, I'm ready to go. <laughs> hey man, so um, had had some guys uh, reach out to me. They always ask questions about you know how they're able to achieve at the highest level, especially their first year. They got a lot of questions, so I thought it'd be appropriate to sit down with you. Um, people already had an introduction; they know who you are as far as being a top ten rookie this past year. But I want to start before EcoShield. Uh, what what was your story leading up to EcoShield, man? Like let's let's start there. So I grew up in Algonac. Same place that Tristan and Steven come from. I think the population we were looking up the other day is 4,000 people. So okay, super, super tiny town. I was super shy as a kid growing up, not outgoing at all. Played sports all through high school, through college, went to uh, college to play baseball. What was, uh, what was your best pitch? Like, absolute best day was 90, so nothing crazy. Okay. Yeah. Did you prefer fastball, slider, curveball? What did you get? I liked the curveball, honestly. Um, okay. Fastball had good movement to it, so I was good in high school. But you know, got to the college level, it's a whole different ball game. How did you get from uh, doing what you were doing in Philadelphia? Like, what were you doing before EcoShield? And then, how did you get into this whole you know sales, direct sales business? I had a criminal justice degree coming out of college. Um, I was planning on doing FBI or CIA. I wasn't really sure yet. Maybe Border Patrol, just something along those lines. And what's what's really crazy is when I went to college, it was it was mostly for baseball. But in my head, my perspective has changed so much. But in my head, um, I was like, hey, I got to get my degree. You know, I'll get a job making 60K a year with benefits. That would be that'd be a dream come true for me. Um, that's obviously changed a lot. I met my girlfriend, Ronnie, at Florida Southern, went out to Philly to work with her family. Basically, they own a big um, ice cream distribution company. They own <laughs> ice cream trucks. This whole, it's this whole big thing. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy, actually, when you get into it. But started working there, did three years with them, was making really good money with four or five months completely off during the winter when we would shut down. So I was making about 80K a year with, with four months off. So that was like a great gig. So when I told my parents, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit this job and I'm going to go sell bug spray door to door, they were they thought we had to have like an intervention or like they thought I was going through something. They were like, are you, are you okay? What's, what is this? Um, and I was like, Hey, just, just trust me, hear me out. Um, I got to see this through. It's a, it's a really good opportunity. So yeah, I, I just saw everything, the videos that were being posted from, from Tristan and I knew Tristan from back in the day, um, through family friends and through baseball, actually, I hit him up and we got talking and I was like, that much money in four months. I got to, I got to check this out. So that's, that's so wild, right? Cause you, you think about him in that sense of like mm. who he was before EcoShield. Mm -hmm. I met him, you know, when he's a long haired kid, you know, coming to EcoShield for the first time. But yeah. since he's been here, he's been performing at such a high level. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know anything prior. Like I, I look up to him so much, which is, which is crazy. He's an absolute workhorse and he's, he's unbelievable at his job and what he does. Uh, each, each of us have had like a, a mentor on our role, right? Now you're doing that for other guys that are getting into the sales game. You decide to, to take this jump into direct selling and killing bugs, right? Yeah. And then what was what was the experience like in contrast to the expectation? I set the expectations really, really high. 
in my head, it was, hey, this is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. You're going to war. It's going to be difficult. But you can do anything for 100 days if you put your mind to it. Um, there, there's nothing that you can't achieve if you want to. Like that was, I'm going to war. That was my mindset. And you end up getting out there and, and people are thanking you when you're leaving their doorstep. Makes the days a lot easier when you set those expectations that, hey, this is going to be really unenjoyable, really difficult. And then you're out there making people's lives better. And it just makes it makes it a lot easier. So setting that expectation was huge for me, I think. For people that come in here, well, I don't think that people anymore probably come in here so much thinking it's easy. I think we do a good job of doing our best to scare all those people away, right, so that they understand the intensity of the job. But, yeah. I mean, on your way to to the consistency that you demonstrated this year, right, like what what were some of the things I know that, you know, you deal with rejection at a, at a new level, you know, at this job. How were you able to, to kind of frame that in a way where it didn't impact you negatively on the doors? So I think first half of the summer, I did a really good job dealing with that. Second half of the summer, not so much. And that was um, my lack of production in the second half. JP's lack of production looks like somebody else's, you know, highest period of production. But yes, I understand you're talking about a little, <laughs> a little bit of a dip. <laughs> I slowed down. We'll say that. Um, I've been trying to um, teach my guys this. It's, it's not about getting sales. It's not about revenue. It's about whether you make a sale or get screamed at and cussed out to end with a good interaction. Hey, man, mm. so sorry to interrupt. Um, have a great rest of your day. If you, can, if you can have a good interaction on every single door and you're feeling good about yourself going to the next door, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to have another good interaction. It's momentum that builds. Um, so no matter what, my, my goal was mostly just to have good interactions every single door. Um, whether I interrupted somebody eating dinner with their family or a guy who was sitting on the couch with nothing going on and was excited for me to stop by and talk to him. Because, you know, when, when you're interrupting dinner, people sometimes get angry at you. But, <laughs> hey, man, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Um, have a great rest of your night. On to the next door. Mm -hmm. It's just bad timing. That's not my fault. It's not his fault. But always, always, always leave the doorstep, positive interaction, and, yeah. and the sales come. I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an energy that stays consistent. Absolutely. So you said you can do anything for 100 days. I, I agree, right? How did you end up being able to to go after it every day? I mean, from morning until night, like did 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 you have anything specific that you would remind yourself of or any any what got you through that? Um, like I said, positive interactions, you know, um, but stepping back and looking at the bigger picture, um, all the things that you're grateful for in life. You know, I'm healthy. I'm, I'm able to be out here physically. Um, my family, just, just all the things that you're grateful for in life. When you step back and think about that, it's like, hey, just stop being an idiot. Go out there and talk to people. Like, you have the best job in the world. Just go do it. Go be, go be grateful that you have this opportunity. Go take advantage of it. So what was, um, to piggyback off of that, what were the most challenging things, like the times it was the hardest for that to happen? What were some of the things that you ran into this summer? It's like, oh my gosh, like I, I get why we get paid a high percentage, right? Because this is a challenge. I don't think there was anything specific, honestly. And I say this a lot too, that reciprocated energy. So when, when I bring positive energy to you know, the person who answers the door, it's, it's really, really hard for you to yell at me when I, hey, how's it going? Sorry to interrupt. Um, I'll be so quick for you and just have that, like, I'm so genuine when I'm selling. Okay. Mm -hmm. I care about what I'm doing. I'm, I care about the people that I'm, that we're servicing and taking care of and I'm selling to. Um, when you are, when you're genuine and passionate about what you do, it's very, very difficult for people to be just outright rude to you. Um, sometimes it happens, but it's, it's almost like prefacing. So they, you don't have as many of those bad interactions. Um, I did have a couple of them, obviously. And 
you know, you just got to keep pushing. Like I said, step back and, and say, hey, I'm so lucky to be here. Like, gratitude. I, I, I'm grateful. I'm just so grateful. Yeah. yeah. That's what it always comes back to. Um, that's the easiest way to get through any tough time. Um, you know, they talk about um, a healthy man wants a, a million different things. I don't know the exact quote, but uh, a healthy man wants a million different things and a sick man only wants one thing. So I'm healthy. I'm mm. able to be out here. So I just need to be grateful for that because a sick man would do anything to be in my position. So that, that mentality is powerful. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. When, when you were early on, I know that there's this learning period. I mean, we're always learning on the doors and getting better, but there's a, a, a severely intense learning period at the beginning. Do you remember any of the, you know, people call like aha moments, but any of the things that you saw on the doors, it's like, hey, instead of doing it this way, if I just deliver uh, this information this way, people are receptive to it. Like, were there any moments like that? So I went to my first Arizona trip extremely underprepared. And I think I had signed like a week or two before, and that's the only reason why. So I knew my the basic script, but I didn't know much past that. I didn't know objections or anything like that. So being under, unprepared on that first trip, I think, played to my advantage because mm-hmm. my mindset day one was, hey, you have no clue what you're doing. Go out there and talk to people and have fun. And that was kind of my selling style. Like, obviously, I, I learned before the summer started, but um, having the mindset of I'm going to go have positive interaction, I'm going to go talk to people rather than I'm going to get this script and I'm going to nail this script. Mm-hmm. I think that was huge. Yeah, you're having genuine interactions with people yeah. and, and it led to, they, I mean, they need pest control and you're selling pest control, so it led yeah. to them, them buying pest control exactly. from you. And it was unintentional that it worked out that way. If I had gone in more prepared, I may have just been focusing on the script and not made those sales because I wasn't having natural... Um, genuine conversations with people and focusing more on the script. Like, um, but it did play to my favor, I think, being underprepared because it was like, hey, you just go have fun. Do, do, the, <laughs> do the best you can, man. Go talk to people and, and see what this is about. So um, as far as uh, like sales mentors, I know you have some in EcoShield, right? And we could, we could dive into those maybe a little bit later. But do you have any, uh, any pieces of information that you learned, whether it was from books or from a seminar or from a, anything helpful that kind of helped you uh, interact so so well with with people and give them the opportunity to to buy a service from you. This is probably not a popular opinion, but I don't think it's about sales ever. Like I don't, I'm not a big Wolf of Wall Street kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take little tiny things from those books, but um, I'm more about the big picture. Um, like I say, having positive interactions. I'm going to say this a million mm-hmm. times, but um, having positive interactions and just being genuine and being passionate. Um, it, it's not about revenue. It's not about making money. It's not about sales. It's, it's big picture, do all the things right. And the results will come like that's, mm. that's all it is. I think that I was listening to it on the way here. Um, because I read this book before EcoShield, but it's called the 12 rules for life. Yeah. Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Um, that, that book is incredible. I think that if every young kid, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old read that book, it would change their life because I read it before EcoShield and it asks you a lot of questions. It's kind of a reality check for yourself. You know, it asks you difficult questions about like, what is your foundation? It, what's your, um, what are your morals? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you get asked those questions, you really take a look at your life and you're like, hey, um, what track am I on? Am I doing things that are going to set up my future? Or am I just like, am I going to look back in a decade and be right where I was before? Mm-hmm. Um, so I read that before EcoShield and then I read it. I, I'm listening to it now and I have a tol- totally different perspective, but now I have answers for those questions where mm-hmm. before I didn't, it was the first time I'd ever run into them. So I, I like books that, um, 
are about life and purpose and yeah, finding purpose and meaning rather than necessarily sales tactics. Mm -hmm. We all have the same script. We all have the same answers for overcoming objections. I think it's more about your why and what drives you than, than actual sales tactics. Obviously you have to learn the sales skill set. Um, but at a certain point it, it becomes deeper than that. Love that you're an example of someone who was able to produce, you know, perform right at the highest level. And you were able to, to also completely maintain your integrity. Your, your cancellation rate speaks for itself as far as, uh, you were honest with your customers. Know that that's what we're about as a whole, but you are an awesome example of that while having the highest production. And a lot of people in our, our industry don't think that those two things can go hand in hand. And so I love that you're you know, able to set that example that, yeah, you can produce the most and you can also you know, sell with integrity and those things. I believe personally that in the information age, where people have the ability to jump on the computer or to, you know, to call somebody or you know, find things out, I think that it's actually a more effective sales strategy to be an authentic, honest person. Even if you're not telling them exactly what they want to hear at all times, yep. they appreciate you treating them you know, like 100%. a human and, and yep. being honest with them. So um, I, I absolutely love that. Now, I want to kind of piggyback off of that into what was it like stepping into um, you know, a, representing a brand uh, in Detroit and then you know, here in Philadelphia that's uh, premium versus like the, being the cheap service versus being Walmart, right? Where, where the Whole Foods, like, uh, yeah, like same yeah. thing that, that Whole Foods is to grocery stores, EcoShield is, you know, to pest control. And what was it like uh, when, you, when you stepped into that and started representing that brand? Because um, the foundation that you guys already had set when I came into this made it so much easier for me to go all in. Um, you know, if, if I came in and, and you guys didn't sell with integrity, you weren't a premium service, um, you know, you weren't serving people. I think I probably would have sold for a summer, realized all those things weren't true, and then I would have been out onto the next thing. Mm -hmm. um, but because all those things are true, we're premium. We're about serving others, um, you know, bringing value to other people's lives. That's what I'm all in on this. Like I'm passionate about it, and I can I can really just dive dive in and, and take it seriously. So you guys set that foundation, and it, it makes it so much easier for someone like me to step in and be like, hey, I'm just going to continue doing everything right all the little things yeah so. well it was uh, you were part of taking that to the next level we actually while breaking the the all-time record for most accounts our cancellation percentage actually went down from the yeah. previous year and it was really good the previous year right right uh, so yeah you're you're part of the expansion you know of that idea what what do you think is the biggest thing that holds people back from from taking a risk and you know like applying for a job like this one i think the first thing is people are afraid of getting exposed i think they're afraid of the hard work and you know, anybody can sit back and say, hey, I'm a hard worker. You know, I'm mentally tough. I'm a tough guy. Um, but, you know, the numbers don't lie in this. Like you said, this is not a digits thing. This is not a money thing. This is about the people that come into door to door. If you if you just Google door to door sales billionaires, you'll you'll find that this is one of the greatest prerequisites you could have on your way. To, to accomplishing what you want to, you're going to learn to to paint a picture in somebody's mind, like a picture of what it is that you're trying to get get across to them, to add value to their life. You're going to learn that at such a high level. I think the skill set, like you said, mm -hmm. that comes from this job is, is so much more important than yeah. the actual financial part. Hey, so we're going to be switching segments here. Uh, we're going to switch over to uh, a question uh, segment where I threw out on Instagram that I was going to be sitting down with JP and uh, the people you know in, in our world, in our industry, they know who JP is. Uh, so they wanted to, to know some things. So the very first question is, what made you make the shift from working a job that paid 80K a year to a job that was commission only, no guaranteed pay? 
So I'm a big numbers guy. And I had this conversation with Ethan in my interview. I'm a huge numbers guy. I, I can't get enough of data numbers, just, just breaking things down um, and looking at what makes sense. I saw the ceiling on this job and it was a no brainer um, because I had the realization of it just takes putting in the work. And I knew I was capable of that. I knew I was willing to commit to that. And I saw exactly what happens when you do that from people like Tristan. The ceiling on this job is so, so high. Obviously, there's risk involved with it's commission based. Hey, if you don't make a sale, you don't make any money today. You just worked eight, nine hours out in the sun. Next question I got for you comes from Donovan. He said, what was your nightly routine starting as soon as you leave hood? I think my nightly routine was better than my morning routine, which is a problem. Both have to be good. Um, so we would get off the doors whenever it was dark. We'd go back. What time, roughly? Um, you know, depending on time of the year, usually 8.30, 9 o'clock. Okay. Um, knock the last door after 8.30 or 9 o'clock. Um, go back. We would get food. Um, I would... I basically did my morning routine at night where I have everything laid out that I can wake up, jump and go like, okay, I would have my clothes laid out. I would have everything planned. I would have my goals set in my mind ready for the next day already like that night. And then I could go to sleep every single night, not stressing. I, I hate the feeling of, of getting in bed and you're worrying about what the next day has, has in store for you. Mm -hmm. So, so I would go to bed with my mind settled of, Hey, I'm going to go do everything right. I'm going to trust the process tomorrow and it's going to be a great day. And that was the last thought about EcoShield or selling or being on the doors, anything. That was it. The, the switch would go off at night and I would be ready for the next day when I wake up. You know, clear mind, good to go. Everything's ready. Just got to jump into it. I got another question for you. Did you always know you were going to be a top 10 rookie or did it kind of just happen? There was another, yeah, another day that I was sitting there and Watching, watching training videos and, and going through everything, you know, set my goals, looking at what I want, what I wanted out of this. Um, and I remember texting Tristan. I said, hey, I'm going to be the number one rookie. Um, it was just a switch that flipped, and I expected that of myself. So I couldn't let myself down um, in not performing to the highest level. Um, yeah, I, I said I was going to be a top 10 rookie. I know everybody does, but... Mm -hmm. But I, I just knew I was realistic with the expectations, the sacrifice and the work that it was going to take. Uh, let me let me follow up on that. What is it you, you watched a lot of guys aspire to be top 10 rookies? I know we had another top 10 rookie that was, you know, right, right behind you in our office. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think was the difference uh, as, as you were, you know, with these guys every day between the guys that ended up actually finishing at their target? Like you said, you're going to be top 10 and the guys that, that fell a little bit short. What do you think? What do you think was the contrast there? I think they didn't look at the big picture. They got afraid of the work. Um, it's, it's this short stint. It's four months to go all out. And I, I think, you know, after that first month, you lose that, that adrenaline, that momentum that you built before the season started. And it gets tough out there. And I think that's when people kind of, I don't want to say crumble, but they, they lose sight of the big picture and what this is going to do for their life. Um, so they, they slow down a little bit, yeah. When, when I say, hey, things, get, things are getting tough, I step back, I reset, hey, I'm out here, I'm healthy. Uh, I'm so blessed to even be in this situation. Let's go do what needs to be done. So that, that's kind of it. Um, okay, love that. I <laughs> uh, got, got another question for you here. How did you handle a bad day, like no sales? What did you change for the next day? Nothing. Nothing changes any day, N ever, N ev never, Good ever. answer. Yeah. Um, Early in the year when, when I was really, really hot, um, 
you know, I, I remember the day I put up 11 and get to the morning meeting the next day. And I got vets coming up to me, yo, what are you doing out there? And I was like, I was like, Hey man, like today's the same as yesterday. I don't care. I don't care what I did yesterday because I have zero today. Okay. Mm -hmm. We'll Mm -hmm. talk at the end of the summer, basically like that kind of thing. And it wasn't a cockiness. It was, it was a, I'm focused. It does not matter what I did yesterday. It's time to work today. Um, same thing with putting up zero. Hey, awesome. New day, new doors. Let's go. The best thing about what we do is there's endless doors. Mm. I can get told no a hundred times. Awesome. I got more doors. And then I go sell the next three. That's, that's how you have to look at it. It does not matter what you did the last hundred doors because you have the next door. All you always have the next door. Always. And yesterday never matters. Tomorrow never matters. One foot in front of the other. This door matters. Let's go. Give it your all. <laughs> Lo- love that. So the 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 very condensed answer is that you didn't change anything. Nothing it's changes. A, it's ever. a num. It's a numbers game, and you just kept doing what you needed to do. Do everything right. Numbers numbers come, and even for the best guys in this industry, I feel like when people are coming, they don't understand. If you do the same thing every day, you know you're just going to get different results on a different day. You might have a slow day, but if you don't let yourself be affected by that emotionally, you set yourself up for for the next day. Hey, I'm supposed to make more sales in this neighborhood. You just don't know it. And you go execute, and it happens. So, yep. um, love that. That's that's stoicism, though. That's something mm-hmm. that I feel like you you know you yeah. learn at this job. All right. So next up here, what does it take mentally to hard close in the backyard? <laughs> oh, we're getting <laughs> we're getting really into it. We're getting um, yeah, we are. I'm gonna be honest. I hard close on the doorstep more so because okay. you're gonna get a quick objection. You're gonna roll it. You have a, you, I want a quick objection. If, if you're not saying, yeah, I'm signing up instantly, I want a quick objection so I can roll it, rebuild value, find hot buttons, um, and then move them, and then have a chance. I want a chance to build rapport, okay? Mm-hmm. So if I get in a backyard and I could just have a conversation with the guy, one, he's going to trust me. He's going to know way more about the service because I can physically show him, hey, this is what we're going to do for these bugs specifically. Um, and then I, I sincerely close him. Hey, I promise, man, give me a shot you're going to love it. Like, because they are, and that's the reality of it. And if you're not happy, call me and I'll make it right. I, I promise. I warranty my work. I promise. All right. Next up, we've got uh, a question that says, after he hits his goal for the day, how did he find the motivation to keep pushing, to keep selling until, you know, nine and sometimes even nine thirty? Yeah. So, so that's a good question. Um, every day, my goal is to put up three. That was every single day, no matter what, rain or shine, no matter my hood, and whatever variable goes into it, I have to get my three today. Um, Which, in the beginning of the year, I would get my three and nothing would change. I was just selling. I wouldn't even care about that. Where later in the year, I would get complacent almost. Hey, I got my three today. I'm good now. Mm -hmm. Instead of going, okay, here's four, five, six, seven, like I was the first half. It was, hey, I got my three. I'm good today. I can let off the gas. So um, just don't, if you can do the entire summer where you go every single door with the same enthusiasm, one foot in front of the other, keep knocking, keep knocking, keep knocking, anybody can do any number. I should have done a lot more than I did. I got complacent. I I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain, but... <laughs> Hey, uh, there's, I think that no matter what, uh, your success level is, I I've yet to meet somebody that has had a perfect performance. I might have to talk to Zach Gobranson about that. Right. I'm not sure. But you see what happens when you do. I wonder what he would say if he gave a perfect effort for that period of time, Mm. but there's other outside of 
potentially a conversation with him, there's always a thing or two that you know you can shift going into the next year that will end up, you know, taking you taking you farther, right? Um, so, hey, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what happens with four months of your absolute best because, I mean, you landed at the very top. What were the sacrifices you had to make to be a top 10 rookie? There were a lot of things. Uh, I like talking to Alan about this because when you – I didn't know his story until recently. He gave that presentation about um, – you know, all the sacrifices he's made with his family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's been this in this a lot longer than I have. My sacrifices seemed big for me when I started, but um, they're, they're really tiny compared to a lot of the guys in the company. But um, I think a big one is giving up all of the, you know, watching TV, playing video games. I'm a huge video game player. I, I'm sure you know that. I'm huge. I'm so competitive. <laughs> I go to the bug mansion. I see it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm crazy <laughs> about it. Um, I always have been. But... Um, I, I didn't play video games for four months. I've never done that in my life. Um, we didn't bring TVs to our apartment. Real quick, can I pause here? Uh, do you guys just hear what JP just said? I'm such a huge believer in this. No video games from a gamer for four months, and look what happens, all right? Anyway, we can yeah. keep, we keep going. That's, that's a, it's a pet peeve of mine, man. A lot of people w- waste their potential on video games in my mind. Right, and, and that wasn't even – it was non-negotiable. It wasn't something I even thought about. Um, ooh, should I like? Should I bring my gaming setup? No, mm-hmm. nope. It's it's wartime. We're going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, we did not have TVs in our apartment, which sounds crazy. Like that sounds insane. It's 2022. You know, mm-hmm. um, our apartment. We had five guys, and I think we did roughly 1.3, 1.4 million dollars in sales in four months. Mm-hmm. No TVs, no video games, just deliberate work for four months. Um, those are tiny sacrifices, no TV, no video games. In mm-hmm. the grand scheme of things, that's what I mean. Um, when you hear other people's stories, how they've sacrificed for their families. Um, I didn't see my dogs for four months. I saw my girlfriend once a month. Um, mm. She would fly out on Sundays, literally for the day, and then leave. Um, a real one for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and you find out who the real ones are because they stick through this. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it just a lot of little things. The, my biggest worry about this next summer, I'm, I love my parents. They're literally my best friends. Um, I'm not going to see those guys for four months. You know, mm. every Sunday, well, not every Sunday, but most Sundays I would drive back, have dinner with them, hang out. Um, you know, and my dad would hype me up for that next week. They'd tell me how proud they are of me. And like that, that's so powerful. That's epic. Um, but yeah, I don't have that this year. And that, that scares me. Um, so yeah. Family Zoom time, din- Zoom call dinners, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, Face they're going to be, they're going to be getting a lot of phone calls. They're going to be sick of it, but um, they're my biggest fans in the world. So it's, it's going to be tough for me. Hey, I, I love that, man. Um, so next question I got for you, ask JP, ask JP to think back five years ago, what did he envision the direction of his life to be? And how much has this job changed that? Oh my God. That's, that is a great question. Um, five years ago. So I'm 27 now. I was 22. Um, the, I had nothing. I had no direction. I had no financial literacy. I knew nothing about real estate. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I had student debt, everything. Like, mm-hmm. you name it, I was going completely in the wrong direction. Um, I don't necessarily dislike college, but because I, I don't know, it's, it's good and bad in a lot of ways. There, but are, pro, there are pros. Yeah, for me, I, hey, I, I made incredible relationships. I, I formed incredible relationships with people. My network grew. I, I learned a lot of things. I matured a lot, came mm-hmm. out of my shell. Other than that, college did nothing but give me student debt. Mm-hmm. Um, so five years ago, I had no direction in my life. Um, 
you know, when, when I initially went to school, it was, hey, I'm going to play baseball. If my degree gets me a job working a nine to five, 12 months a year, and I'm making 60K, that's a dream come true. And it's completely mm. flipped. Like the, uh, wow. it's hard to even explain wow. because the perspective has just changed. We can't, so. we can't talk about your income on here. So no, I know. But, and it's, it's not even, it's aside from EcoShield, what I'm capable of doing in all aspects, whether it's real estate or trading stocks, um, playing poker, whatever, I, you know, all the little things that I do that I truly enjoy, um, it, those things wouldn't have been possible. You know, if I was working a nine to five, clocking in every day, just, just paying the old bills, you know, just scraping by, which, which was the path that I was set up for. And I didn't even, I hadn't even put any thought into it. It wasn't my choice. It was just the way that, um, it was just the way that things were at the time. I think they're changing now where hey, you don't have to go to college. When I graduated high school, it was, yeah, you have to go to college if you want, if you want to be successful, if you don't want to be a loser. Like that was how it was kind of viewed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're getting away from that, which is a good thing just because student debt is terrible. Um, but that was one of the big lessons that um, I got smacked with student debt and I didn't even understand it. I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, I got a call from my mom and, and she was she was crying and she's like, hey, I don't know really how to explain this, but um, you're three hundred thousand dollars in debt. And I was like, what? What? And she was Dang. she goes, yeah, um, she goes, if you do the she goes, that's the 10 year deal, like 10 year payment plan. And she goes, hmm. um, the good news is if you want to do the 25-year deal, the payments are way lower, but you're $450,000 in debt. And Dang. that was the day that, that was the wake-up call. I, I I remember it like so vividly. I was sitting at breakfast with one of my um, one of my good buddies I played college baseball with. Mm-hmm. And he just looks at me and he goes, I was like, dude, I, what do I, what is, what do I do? My life, like, I know it's not a huge thing for most people, but in my eyes, like my life just got flipped upside down. That's how I looked at it. And he was like, dude, if you need anything, I got you. And I was like, I got to figure this out myself. Once you learn how to communicate the way, the way that we do here at this job, the world opens up to you and you realize that you, you realize you can literally go apply this to anything. And the confidence that I got from that, it was just reassurance that yes, that is correct. You don't have to compromise who you are to make money. Uh, that is, that is, it's a flaw in thinking it's not true. What is your favorite book that you've read, uh, since being, you know, part of the, the eco shield culture where we read? Probably extreme ownership because I think the world is full of excuse makers and, and you can, you can justify anything with yourself of, of why you failed. Um, you know, people who don't make it through a summer necessarily. Oh, yeah, you know, that just, it wasn't for me, man. That's, that's just too hard. I don't want to be doing that anyways. All these reasons. Um, but if, you, if they would have taken ownership of, hey, I, I failed today because of this, this, and this. Here's what I'm going to do to change those things so I can be successful. And you take ownership of your failures are your fault. I, I just think that that's like the most powerful thing ever. And, and that applies to life and all over. So I, 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 uh, yeah, that book, that book changed the way that I thought for some reason. So I yeah. agree. Uh, Rewire, ownership. It's almost rewiring your brain, you know? Yep. Extreme ownership by Jocko Willink, uh, for anybody listening. What new opportunities have you gotten since you've started this job? I just think that it, it's expanded what I was already planning. Like I said, five years ago when I got smacked with the debt, it was, I was just planting all these little seeds of, um, exploring like what what options do I have out here um, I narrowed it down to things that I enjoyed or you know had showed interest in um, 
And, and I think it's just opened that up even more, um, mostly in real estate, you know, trading stocks I do on the side a little bit. Um, but, but real estate, I think that there's a lot of, a lot of money to be made out there. And, and mm-hmm. I, I just enjoy doing it. It's like a game to me. Um, it's real life monopoly, you know, but, um, when you have connections and you have resources, you know, I can call up Mike and say, Hey, um, I'm about to do this deal or I'm about to throw an offer on this. W- what do you got? What would your concerns be? That's always my question. What would your concerns be on this? Mm-hmm. And usually they're similar to mine because I'm starting to get a feel for everything. But, um, if you can address those concerns, okay, so, uh, what is it rent out for? Say, say that's his concern. Are you making enough money to make your payments? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you address that question and okay, this is a good deal then because the numbers make sense. Um, I have those resources where I can double check myself. If I'm questioning myself of, uh, what am I getting into here? I pick up the phone and I call somebody. I have so many resources. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, you see things where, um, somebody's mom gets sick, gets cancer and throw a GoFundMe up because they're, they're truly in need. And, the guys just flood it with money because that's, you know, you have those resources that when you're in a pinch or, you know, when you're taking a risk of taking a chance, you have a support system basically. So, um, I, I think that's huge. You know, I, I have a support system now of, of hundreds of guys that I can, I can pick up the phone and call and you know that you're going to get a, a legit genuine answer from them and they're knowledgeable in, in the field if I'm calling them, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> it, I, I think I, that was kind of a roundabout no. way to get to that, but I was just trying to relate it to examples. Yeah. 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 Well, so. uh, no, I think I've, I think I've made that same call to Mike. So exactly. Shout, shout right. Out, shout out to Mike. Yeah. He's uh, the real estate guru in he our sure partnership is. team. So yeah, we, we appreciate you. What do you think is the most valuable thing you can teach a 19 or 20 year old? Being your own boss, we're, we're paid as independent contractors. So I think the trajectory of your life completely changes when you're working for yourself. Um, when you are working for somebody else, hourly job or on a salary, you're, you're building their business and you're just doing what you're told to make them happy. Um, when you're working for yourself, I think it, it's a totally different mindset. It's a totally different, um, like, uh, thinking pattern, I guess. And, and I think that changes, that just goes straight into how you approach life and how you approach problems in life. Um, so it, it changes the trajectory of your life. If, if you can be your own boss and, and take accountability, um, hold yourself accountable, um, for, for everything in life, it just changes the way that you think. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's a big difference between being a good worker and, and being your own boss. So working for somebody else is, is a totally different way of thinking. I, I was there, and I, w- I, I could never go back. Real quick, final questions for you, okay? We're going into the 2022 season, <clears throat> and you don't have to say anything that, that you don't want to say, but what are your plans? What, you don't have to do specific revenue, but what are your plans? What are your goals? Like, what, what's, what's the 2022 season look like for you? Um, so I have a full apartment with my team, and it's year two. I'm going to do the same thing that all the guys above me did. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to make sure that they are set up for success. And I, I have this one-on-one call with every single one of my guys that signs and agrees to come out for the summer. I sit down and I say, Hey, my job is to do anything that I can to put you in a position to perform and to be successful. So whatever you need, you let me know because I'm going to be there for you. I got your back. So they have that foundation. They have that security of, Hey, there's a lot of uncertainty with this job. Sure. JP's got me. That's their go-to. I want that to be the first thing in their head. JP's got me. Like, we'll figure it out. No matter what it is, whether it's in life, whether it's on the doors, anything. 
I got them. Um, part two after that is me. So um, I want my team to do a million, which is without me. I want like my guys to do a million, and then okay. I'm going to do five hundred thousand. Okay. Okay. So I say that now. I say a number now. I hate saying a number. Um, it's going to be a thousand more or a dollar more than what Jack Cammer sells. So I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll go with that one. Yeah. So, um, okay. The, just to throw a number out there, I'm going to sell 500,000 next summer. Um, but if, if Jack sells 600,000, I'm going to have to sell 601. So, okay. um, Jack, I have so much respect for that kid. He's, he, is he 19 now? He was 18 last summer. I don't know. Either way, he's 18, it's 19 it's years old. It's confusing how young he is, man. Like, yeah, it's you would think he's 20. You would think he's my age, 27. Yep. Um, he was gonna go to med school. Like that kid was. He had his head on straight. He wasn't, you know, undirected or had no clue what he was doing. He was gonna go to med school. He's gonna be a doctor. Mm-hmm. And that kid came out, and he saw the potential in himself and you know the job just like I did took advantage of it and now he's an absolute workhorse a role model for everybody and he worries me he worries hey, me man, man. I, I think <laughs> that's the guy